Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. As a business owner, it's easy to get overwhelmed thinking that you have to keep doing more and more in order to keep up with everyone you see online. But as a business owner, wife, and mom, I found that constantly adding more isn't effective for me or my business, which is why I'm so excited to have Ashley Gartland back on the show to talk about taking a subtractive approach to business. We talk about why so many of us have the tendency to keep adding more and why the subtractive approach is different. Ashley shares the key areas where you can apply this to your business and what it can make possible for you as a business owner. We also talk about how to know if this is the right approach for you and your business. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to connect with Ashley. All the links will be in the show notes and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to reconnect. So for those who have not heard your previous episode, because it has been quite a while, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got started in your business? Yeah. So I am a business coach and mentor, and I work with people on a very specific thing in their business. You know, a lot of coaches and mentors help people grow and scale their business. And that's kind of a subset of the work that I do, but my work is really focused on freeing up their time. I work with people who've experienced some success in business. They've, you know, kind of hit all the benchmarks and now they're asking, how can my business work better for me? Like I want to keep doing the work, but I need it to work better for me and create some space to prioritize some things that are important to me in my life, whether that's family, health, self-care, you know, whatever it is for them. And so that is what I do today. It has evolved over time. I got my start in my business right out of college and started working, um, probably talked about this in the previous episode as a freelance food writer. And I did that for a lot of time. And ironically, the motivation for that business was to have a lot of lifestyle freedom. And so there's a, definitely a thread between the two businesses. And when I launched my coaching practice, I was really helping people grow businesses that deeply serve their life. And more recently, it's really honed in on the time freedom aspect. And that that is the unique skill set that I bring with my clients. I love that. And as we mentioned before we jumped on the show, we have both seen that people, even after things are getting back to normal, really are looking for more freedom in their business. They don't want to go back to hustling as hard, which I think is great and a good place that the business world is moving to. Yeah, I definitely have seen kind of that pendulum swing too. And it's like we we subtracted things from our businesses during the pandemic so that we could homeschool our kids or you know whatever it was that we needed to do. Like we figured out how to run a little bit leaner. And what's interesting is that people aren't finding that they need to add those things back in. They're finding that they want to keep that space for things that are important to them or just to recoup because, you know, they need a little bit of restorative time after the past couple of years. (laughs) Yes, we all need that. And I've mentioned in previous episodes that since I became a mom, which has been after the last time we talked, I have really had to cut down on my hours just because of childcare and everything. So making sure that I'm focusing on what is important and taking away the stuff that isn't has been a journey for me. And I think it's a journey for so many people. We're really learning to focus in on those things that 
light us up, that move our businesses forward and let go of other things. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the motherhood piece because that was the constraint that got me really thinking about running a business that served my life before I had my daughter. Uh, I have two daughters before I had my oldest daughter. I really, I, I did work a lot, like as a freelance food writer. I just, I didn't have any constraints on my time. It was just very easy. And I loved my work, but I also burnt out because I did it so often. And when I, my daughter came, I was like, well, how can I do this business in like 15 to 20 hours a week during nap times and a little bit of evening work or a little bit of weekend. And it, it really changed the things I would take on, the things I let go of, what I was no longer available for. And I think that's really helpful for people to hear like, when you get a constraint, you can build the business to support that. But I also want people to hear that if they don't have a constraint and they just have a desire to work less and do something like one of my clients just wants to read more. And I think that's a completely worthy reason to build a better business. Yes. I love reading. So I love that reason (laughs) to have more time. So why do you think that business owners especially in this online entrepreneurial space, have the tendency to focus on adding more and more to their businesses? So I've thought a lot about this. I think it's such a good question. I think there's two main factors. One is that in the early stages of our business, there's a lot of experimentation going on. And so we do tend to add more. You know, when I started my freelance food writing business, I wasn't just a freelance food writer. I also wrote about design and I also tested cocktails and I also wrote PR pieces. Like I did, I was adding more and more to see what works, what fits, and also to build revenue because I just didn't have any. And you just, you're trying to kind of say yes to all the things. What happens is we reach a point where that's no longer sustainable or necessary. And sometimes we stay in kind of that hustle mode, even though we've outgrown that in our business, just because we've conditioned ourselves. So that's one reason. The other reason I think is because growth is sexy and we have, you know, fear of missing out. And we hear these stories of you can build a million dollar business and we hear there's just a lot of noise out there of you can do more and be more and grow more. And there's not as much um, in the category of the contrary voices of what does enough look like for you and what does success look like for you? And why don't we design the business to match that? And so it's very easy to get pulled into that noise and that um, trajectory, even if it's maybe not aligned for you. It's great if it's aligned for you, run with it. But if it's not and you want something a little bit different, something that's you know better than big, then you make different choices. I love that. I, when I started my business six years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. And so I was listening to everybody. I tried all different services and online courses and like everything that was possibly out there. And none of it really worked because I couldn't put my whole heart into any of it. And I feel like there was such a hustle culture at the time and we've seen a little bit of swinging away from that, but it's still very prevalent online. You still see messages that if you're not working all these hours, if you're not up at 4am, if you're not making a million dollars in your business, it's because you're not doing enough. Yeah. And my question is, do you want that? You know, there are none of the clients I work with want a million dollars. In fact, most people get on sales calls with me and say, I don't want the million dollar business. I don't want the empire. I want to work 25 hours a week and do really fulfilling work and be the person doing the work. I love my work. They don't want to get out of their business. They're like, I also need it to work better for me because I have a health condition or because I have a young child or because I want to read in the hammock. And so we're just, it's a different objective, but it's not wrong. And I want people to really hear that it's, it's not wrong to want something different, even if it's not mainstream. Yeah, that's so important. And I have found that in my business, you know, 
when I think about all of these people talking about making a million dollars in their business, growing their teams to like double digit people and outsourcing things, I just think I, but I want to hold on to the piece of my business that I love doing the design work for me. I don't care about making a million dollars. I just want something that's sustainable and profitable and is enough for my family. We don't need to make millions of dollars and have a huge team. So I love that you have found that that resonates with other business owners as well, even if it's not something we see very often online. Yeah. It's kind of whispered about, and that's why I'm so vocal about talking about it. Cause I just want people to know that if it doesn't, if the mainstream trajectory isn't what they want, it's okay. And there's ways to do differently and choose differently to build a business that matches your definition of success. And that may be the $50,000 a year business. That might be the $250,000 a year business. That might be the team of two or the team of 10. Like you'll figure out what it looks like for you, but it will, what you design will always support what's most important to you in your life when you do it that way. So you call this a subtractive approach to business. What exactly does that look like? Yeah. So I cannot take credit for coining this. I was doing a a podcast interview or something and we were talking about how I really help people do less. And it's not do less from like a, let's be lazy and kind of like lay around thing. It's like, let's do less so we can focus on what's most important in business and life. And I started talking about how I help people subtract services and let them go or let go of marketing activities that aren't working for them or let go of software that they don't need. That's cluttering their business, like all that stuff. And she's like, the gal, the host was like, it looks like you take a subtractive approach, (laughs) like, like such good language Mm -hmm. for what I do. And so really what it is, is it's kind of like dumping all the things that you have in your business, all the services, all the activities, the strategies, and just asking do I need this? Do I love this? Is this working for me? And if it's not, and it's not aligned, then we look at what does that look like to let that thing go and start subtracting some stuff so that what's left is what you really want to do and be focused on and what really works for you. And then you're not doing so much. So what are some of the areas that people you see frequently using this approach for in their businesses? Yeah, I would say that 99% of my clients, our conversation starts with their services. And like you shared at the beginning of your business, you tend to try out a lot of different services. And it's like, we kind of forget to get rid of them. We just kind of keep them and keep going. Uh, That was certainly true for me. Or you're told that in order to grow your business, you need to have, you know, an entry-level service and a mid-level service and a VIP service. And, and that can work for people, but one of the things I really want my clients looking at is, do you love all your services? Do they all bring you profits? Are they all sustainable? Like, do they all make sense? Like, let's look at them and and audit your services and see what's not working. And almost always my clients will say, I have this thing that I do that drains me, that takes up tons of my time, that leads to massive scope creep. I just don't, I don't like this. I don't want to do this component of my business anymore. And we start exploring, well, what does it look like to let that go? And just focus on what they love. So like two examples would be, uh, I worked with an interior designer on her services and she did, you know, interior design for living rooms and offices and bedrooms and stuff. And she also did it for bathrooms and kitchens. And she said, when I do bathroom and kitchen projects, it's a nightmare and I hate them. And I just, I don't want to do them anymore, even though they're profitable. And even though people I have demand for it. And so we got rid of that and 
reworked her other services. Like we could have reworked the kitchen design service to make it work better for her, but she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. So we subtracted that and she has freed up massive amounts of time. And she's also grown. It's not always a side effect, but she's also grown by doing that. And then the other one is um, a website designer or a, a branding professional. And she did website design as well. And doing both for her, like she's trained as a website designer or as a branding professional. And, you know, the website design was more of a additional service and same thing. I don't like it. It leads to scope creep. I don't want to do it anymore. And so I just want to focus on branding. And so I was like, okay, what if you just focused on one branding gig per month? And that was all you did. And then we got cut this other part off and let you outsource it to other people, you know, refer it out, tell them, take the stuff that you guys have done and go work with a, someone who specializes in website design that would love to do that work. And it's been amazing for her business this year. She's been able to take breaks from client work. She's been able to create time for her with her little girl. Like it's just been so amazing to watch what's happened from her letting that go. It was scary for both of them, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah. I love that. And so, you know, she let go of her website design. I let go of the branding piece of my business because I, it, I didn't feel like it was my strength. It took a lot of time. I didn't love it. And so I have been so much happier just focusing on one thing. And I think for a lot of people, that is the case. You know, there are people who want to do different services and sometimes just focusing on one thing or a couple of different things is works a lot better for people. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. It often works really well to just do one thing, but like I, in the past, I've had multiple different services. I've done a couple of different coaching intensives and then a long-term coaching partnership. So I had two different offers and two different containers for people and the work looked different, but they both fit within my schedule and worked with my life and met the needs of my clients and allowed me to, you know, use my skill set in the way I wanted to. What I didn't have was a course and a membership and a group coaching program and a mastermind and all those other things because I'd dabbled in some of them and realized it's just not for me. Yeah. So are there other areas other than looking at our services that people find it helpful to take stuff away from? Yeah. I mean, there's so many elements of your business where you can do this, <laughs> but I think I always use services as an example because almost everyone can relate. And I think marketing is the other example. There are a lot of shoulds in marketing. And I think people just keep layering on more and more and more, you know, if there's a new platform or a new way to use an old platform, it's like, I'm going to do that thing. And they don't always take time to evaluate, is this driving results? So when I see a client who's spending five hours a week on say their social media strategy, but they get zero clients from that and they get all their clients from referrals from past clients or all their clients from going on podcasts or something like that. I'm like, why are we spending five hours of your week on social media? We could either do less there, like you could do an hour a week and have it be much more sustainable, or you might just be able to let that thing go and focus on the things that are working for you. And again, that's scary because it's a should, and they think they're supposed to be on all the things and doing all the stuff, but if it's not serving you and it's just taking up your time, then there's really no benefit. Yeah. I think social media, I'm sure is a huge piece of this, that there's always new stuff coming out. They're always adding new stuff. Instagram wants videos now instead of photos. And we feel like we have to be doing everything. And I think it's really helpful to realize you can let go of stuff, especially if you've tried it out and it's not actually benefiting your business. 
Mm-hmm. Or you can try it out in a different capacity. Like you and I both know podcasting takes a lot of time and energy. And so somebody might've gone into it and said, I'm going to do a podcast that releases every week for like the rest of my life for the duration <laughs> of my business. And then they might get into it and go, you know what? I like the podcast. It serves my business, but what it looks like to subtract here might be doing seasons or going to an every other week approach. You know, there are things that you can do and I always treat them as experiments too. like try it out, see, like if you get great results from doing a weekly podcast, but you need to make it a little bit less time intensive, try every other weeks and see how that changing that one factor plays with your results. And if it doesn't impact them negatively, then you're good to go. Yes. Long-time listeners will know that I took a very long hiatus in like all of 2020 from my podcast and then went to seasons, which has been so much better for the way that I can do my business right now. Yeah. And you may change your mind on the road, but that's what I think there's so much choice and discernment with letting things go too, is that it's not permanent. You can always, if add a service back in, if you want to, most people don't, (laughs) you can always add a marketing (laughs) activity back in. I think sometimes the, the permanent feeling of letting something go prevents people from giving it a try. So what does taking a subtractive approach like this, taking things away that aren't serving you what does that make possible for people in their businesses? So I think in the business, it makes a lot more focus possible. You know, when you are doing lots of marketing activities or delivering lots of services or creating lots of content, like it, it kind of dilutes your efforts across many, many things. And when you do less, you're able to focus on the most important things and do those really, really well. So I think in the business, that's really the, the biggest benefit to this. Um, I was talking with a client today. She also says it just feels better, which might be kind of a metric that's hard to measure, but she's like, when I go to bed at night, I feel good about the work I'm doing. I feel excited about it. I feel fulfilled by it. I no longer feel like I'm kind of um, being a generalist and trying to do too many things. So those are huge benefits in the business. I think the other natural side effect of this is when you do less in your business, you have more space for your life. And so if you are really into personal development or you have children, you want to spend a lot of time with, or you love travel, like designing your business to support those goals and taking this subtractive approach makes those a reality really quickly. Yeah. And so many people get into business because they want the freedom and flexibility. And then it kind of disappears when you are trying to get started and you're doing all the things. So this is really getting back to that goal that people had when they started. Yeah. And asking what was that goal? Like what we were talking about the, the kind of the noise. Right. And so it's really easy to be in circles and hear like, well, you should want the million dollar business or you should want the six figure business even. And if that doesn't support your goal of freedom and flexibility and enough to you looks like, you know, the $80,000 a year business, but you work 25 hours a week and have tons of time to do the things you love, then that can be your definition of success and what you design the business for. Do you find any like major mindset hurdles that come up for people when they are looking through this? Yeah. So (laughs) I'm nodding my head. So I have an entire, um, it's funny. I said, I didn't have a course. I don't have a traditional course. I have like a podcast audio course that really talks people through the mindset piece of doing less because there was so much work that I was doing with my clients around their services and their systems and their schedule and their time management and their team building and like all those things that contributed to running a leaner, better than big business. But at the same time, the conversations I was having with them also talked about things like people pleasing and um, over delivering and overthinking, like a lot of stuff that they have to be able to address and lean into and overcome in order to run 
a business that really works. So I think when it comes to specific mindset issues, one is the belief that more is better. Uh, I think, you know, we've kind of addressed that, but I highlighting that specifically is that when people think that more is better then obviously they add more and more and more stuff. And then they end up with this business that overworks them when they believe in enoughness and they believe that less can be more, they design a very different business. So that's one. And then I think the perfectionism and people pleasing kind of category also comes up a lot for people where they fear that if they aren't really over delivering and overachieving in their business, that the business isn't going to survive. And that's just not true. Like the same client I was just talking to today was talking about how the more boundaries she's put in place, the more she said no to, the more she's protected her time and energy, the more engagement and respect she's gotten from her clients and the better the outcome is for them because she's showing up as a like full human who's able to do the work versus someone who's drained and overworked. Yeah. I'm nodding my head because as I have transitioned to working very limited hours. At first I got some pushback from clients because they were used to having me on call all the time. But over time, as I've made it really clear, like it hits one o'clock and I don't answer my emails. I don't respond to things. I'm not going to answer your phone call if you call me no matter what time it is. Uh, So they have learned, and that's really led to them respecting my time better and in a way it's better for them because they can outsource the things that I really shouldn't be doing. They're finding other people to take those pieces and setting the boundaries and sticking to them for a while really helped because at first I was like, Oh no, they're, everybody's going to be upset. But really as time went on, they realized that this is what's best for me. And so many of them have families and they understand that this is part of how you have to live your life. Yeah. Thank you for saying setting the boundaries and sticking to them. Like that's the thing that I think when you have really leaky boundaries, when you set them and say them once, and then you bend every single time, you're never going to get to that place where things are better and more sustainable. So you've got to do that even if it's uncomfortable. And even if you have to kind of redirect people, you know, if people are stepping over the boundary around communication, you just have to remind them I'm not available past 1 PM. Like if you contact me on by text, I won't answer, but email's great find me there. Like there's lots of opportunities to, to check the boundaries in that audio course. That's definitely one of the lessons too, is not just set boundaries, but stick with them and also honor the boundaries that you set with yourself, which is another big piece because the boundaries you set with yourself around what you're going to do and not do and how fast you're going to move through things in your business are also important to pay attention to. Yeah. We, so we're recording right after Thanksgiving in the U S and In years past, I would have been spending as many of those hours as I could have working on my business, but I actually took off like the entire time Wednesday through Sunday. I didn't, I looked at my email just to delete all the sales emails that came in, but I didn't respond to clients. I told them ahead of time I wasn't working and I sat down on Sunday and I was like, it was so nice to not feel like I had to jump on the computer every couple of hours to do something. Yeah. And looking at like, what would be the trade-off if you had, right? Like if you had what compromises, if you were like, I'll be available to answer emails during all that time, you probably would have sacrificed a lot of time with your family and just like that leisure and downtime for you. So it's important for people to, to do that and see what it creates for them. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody is thinking they might want to try this out in their business, how do they know if this is the right approach for them? 
So I would say, um, number one, if you're really new in business and still in that experimental stage, you may not be here yet, but you can start thinking about it. You can always think about how can I design a business that serves my life? But if you're beyond that, if you've, you know, reached some traditional success markers and you're feeling like, you know, the thing I value right now is not necessarily more money, but I want more time, then this is a really great approach to lean into or more focus or, you know, more space. Um, even if it's just brain space. So signs that I like see a lot are people are overwhelmed is the words they use. They are overworked. They say they're working too many hours. They're doing too many things. They're trying to keep too many plates spinning. Um, but the biggest piece is that they recognize it's compromising something that's important to them. So I know if I work too many hours and I know exactly what that looks like for me, I know I'm missing out on time with my family. And I know that I'm probably not getting enough sleep. I will never compromise my runs and my <laughs> yoga classes. I love it, but I will compromise my sleep. And so that's my health too. And I have to pay attention to that. And so, you know, my clients might say they're, they're not getting enough sleep. They're, you know, one of my clients said, I no longer eat dinner with my husband. Like I just, I don't have time for that. I've got to answer emails. And so our goal, our whole goal was like, let's get you done at five o'clock so you can have a dinner with your husband. So noticing um, what you're giving up, noticing those compromises. And if you're not okay with it, really great time to start subtracting stuff. I love that. And something as simple as I want to have dinner with my husband every night is something that we might overlook or just think, oh, well, that'll happen eventually. You know, I'll get build a team. I'll grow. It'll happen instead of thinking, you know what, I've got to change things now so that I can enjoy this while it's in front of me. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that for me, and I think maybe where motherhood really was a, a great motivator is you can't get that time back. And I know, you know, this too, like, I think sometimes when we're dealing with other adults in our life or, you know, our own health or something, we can very easily tell ourselves that story of, oh, I'll get this time back. Even though we know like the relationship might erode that your health might erode. But when you're dealing with something that's fleeting, like your kid's childhood, it's a little bit easier to be like, nope, I'm going to put the boundaries up and create the time now. Yeah. They change so quickly. It's easier to notice that it's rushing past you. Yeah. But again, if you don't, if you aren't a mother or a father, like and you have something else like your health that you want to take care of, you know, mental or physical health, a relationship that's important to you. You know, any of those things are valid too. Do you have any really quick advice on making this transition, especially if you're letting go of a service? Yeah. Um, one thing at a time. <laughs> so I think that when you start the process of letting go, it's kind of like when you clean out your closet, you know, you kind of get going if you're an organizer like me and it's like, it's really exciting and you just start taking stuff out and without as much thought, it's easy to do that in our business too, and kind of get ahead of ourselves. I like to focus on one thing at a time with my clients and even design my service to have a lot of space in between our meetings so that they have time to implement without trying to do too many things. So if you're going to let go of a service, focus on that. If you're going to create time freedom by bringing on a team member, focus just on that. If you're going to set up some systems in your business to create time freedom, make that your focus for a quarter. Like, unfortunately you don't create time freedom overnight. I wish I could promise that to people, but you create it by focusing on different areas and letting some things go and giving yourself time and space to implement and then addressing the next thing. So biggest piece of advice is pick one thing, make it your focus and see it all the way through before you take on something else. I love that. And we talk about that so much on the show is just, you have to give things time in order to see if they're really working for you. And you can't do that in just a week. You can't, you know, spend a week on a social media platform and know if it's actually going to give you results 
just like it's not going to take just a week to transition away from a service or to hire and train a new team member. No, it's, I mean, more realistically, it's interesting. I'm while we're talking right now, I'm in the process of changing over my services for the new year. And it's been really interesting. It's been a long time since I've gone through the process myself. I'm like, oh, there are so many elements I've forgotten. You know, I've seen my clients do, but I've forgotten what it's like to personally <laughs> live it. And, you know, you've got to change your messaging in a couple of places. Potentially you need new service PDFs. You need to update your contracts. You need to change your website. Like there's a lot of moving pieces. And so to just say it's going to happen overnight is unrealistic, especially if you're still maintaining your existing business and services or, you know, running your business, like you've got to give yourself some time to make that adjustment. So I'd say, give it a few months. And, you know, if that's an overestimate, you'll be in a good place. (laughs) And I love that you mentioned at the end there that this doesn't always have to look like getting rid of things. It can also look like hiring a team member or setting up some automations. It's all about what's going to work for you in order to run your business better. Yeah. I think there's lots of different levers to pull. And so like the way I do this work with my clients now is we do deep dive intensives and we pick different areas of the business to focus on. I find that when you're kind of jumping around a lot in different coaching sessions and tackling a little bit here and a little bit there, it's not as effective as saying like, we're going to spend this quarter working on your systems. We're going to spend this quarter figuring out how your delegation plan and who you need to bring on to support you in your business. We're going to figure out your schedule this quarter and figure out what works and what we can adjust to get you from working 40 hours a week to 25 hours a week. Like these are all things that they're going to work on, but we're again, not going to do them all at once. Yeah. So as we wrap up today, is there anything else that you wanted to share about a subtractive approach to business and having people do this for themselves? You know, I think the biggest thing that has been really helpful for me is having a lot of evidence that I can show my brain, this is safe to do, this is okay to do. There are people out there doing it. And so one of the things that I've made as part of my mission is to bring those people on my podcast and share their stories because everyone's gone about it in a different way. And my hope is that by sharing lots of different approaches to creating more time freedom and building a business that's better than big, that you can borrow from those and try on different things and see what works for you and then create a business that matches your definition of success. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is to go out there and surround yourself with people who understand what you want and, and learn from their stories. Yes. It's so valuable when you're following and connecting with people who are aligned with the things that you want, instead of following the people who are pushing things that, you know, have a million dollar business if that's not what you want for yourself. Yeah. Or have, you know, all the vanity metrics you could have, you know, millions of followers on Instagram, but if that's not the right thing for your business, then following that person isn't going to serve you. And it's probably never going to resonate with you. It's just going to lead to a lot of tension and frustration. So (laughs) I think find the voices that are a good fit for you and listen to the stories from other business owners who are doing differently in their business and, practicing enoughness and really building a business that serves their life. And then again, try on some of their tactics they and adjust them because they aren't going to be exactly what you need. You want to like personalize them and you'll get there for sure. So we always wrap up with the question. If you could recommend one thing to a friend, it can be life or business related. What would that be? You know, I've talked a lot about the enoughness and like the definition of success. And this is something that I think is so important for people to do and not just once, but you know, in every season of your business or every year, kind of thinking what you want and also broadening your definition of success where you can absolutely name 
a revenue number that you want to hit, you know, that you want to grow to, or that you want to maintain in your business, but also think about what do you want your business to make possible for you? What kind of hours do you want to work? What kind of breaks do you want to have throughout the year? What um, kind of projects do you want to be working on and have time and space for? Like sit down, journal on that, you know, write it out, think about it, talk about it with a, a business bestie or whatever works for you to process it, but get clear on that because then decisions are so much easier. I love that. And I think that's definitely true is that we all need to take the time and space to process through these things and to revisit them over time because things do change so much. Yeah. And we can very easily be on a growth trajectory. Like this last year, my business, I had a sticky note on my computer the whole year that said, make the same less work, more ease, you know, more free time. And that was my focus this year, which is very aligned for my business, <laughs> but I'd been growing for a lot for the past couple of years. And I finally said, you know, this isn't a year that I want to grow. And that may be a little contrary, but I'm more interested in freeing up time for some of the things that I wanted to do, like a working on our home remodel and spending the summer with my kids. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you decided that this was a year you didn't need to grow, that mm -hmm. if you don't have to do things just because everybody else is. Yeah. All right. So where can people find and connect with you online if they want to learn more or they want to chat about this? Yeah. So my website is just ashleygartland.com. That's a great place to go and just kind of check out the work I do and, you know, what it's about and services I can offer if you're interested in, in working together with someone on this. Then the other place I would go is the Better Than Big podcast. And that's where I interview people who've built the, you know, business that matches their definition of success and that provides them with time freedom. And, and I ask, how did you do it? And we explore lots of different things with those guests. And that's a place where you can go to get permission to do differently and get ideas of how to do it. And you also have a resource to help people with time freedom. Yeah. So one of the things, again, and again, I hear from my clients is that the work that we do on their schedule is really eye-opening and permission giving. And so I put that work that I do with them into a short free training with a accompanying workbook that can help you figure out how to take a life first approach to your schedule that will help you see how many hours you actually want to work. If you're prioritizing all the other things in your life that are important to you. And then from there you can design the business to work in those hours. So it's kind of a backwards approach to scheduling. And it's been, I, I've had clients come back and say they do it, you know, every quarter, every year, and it just continued to pay it forward for them and, and really help them build that great business. Awesome. We will link to the podcast and that resource, as well as your website in the show notes. So people can connect with you and learn more. And I'm excited that so many people, I think, are really starting to look at business differently. And I know that this will be beneficial to get some insight into a different way of doing business and some permission to set things up in the way that works for them. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.